0: Well, as we continue, really just uh, the prayer of God teaching us from his word, the truth of his word, and using our confession as a, a way to bring about a systematic theology, to cover areas that maybe sometimes we may not think of, and we are uh, in chapter 5, as we look at of divine providence and as we've, we've seen throughout our time looking, we begin with God and when we begin with God, we end up in the right place. But when we begin with ourselves and our own thinking, we lead ourselves astray and have created God of our own liking. And again, based upon who God is and his attributes, we, we see all of these things taking place. And last week we looked at God In his creation, that was the first of his decrees. And what kind of follows after that is, based upon God's decree, how does he work out in all of life? And that is how we see what's called providence. If you have the notes and you want to follow along, looking at paragraph 1, I think it's also on the screen behind me, it says, "God God, the good creator of all things, in his infinite power and wisdom, does uphold, direct, dispose and govern all creatures and things from the greatest even to the least by his most wise and holy providence to the end for which they were created according unto his infallible foreknowledge and the free will, excuse me, the free and immutable counsel of his own will to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness and mercy. We saw that a decree is somewhat of a command, something that is to be done in official order. And here we begin to see, how does God work all things according to the counsel of his will? Ephesians 1.11. And we see that of providence. The definition of providence, uh, the, the dictionary gives two, uh, and I think we need to see both of them together. Providence is, number one, the action a providing provision, preparation, arrangement, chiefly in the phrase to make providence, to make provision. And really that's what God does is He provides. He provides that which is needful and which happens. But also providence, secondly, includes foresight or prevision. I had not really thought of, didn't know that word really existed, but it's exactly how it sounds: prevision to see ahead. We spoke of the foreknowledge of God when we looked at uh, God. And it says, The anticipation of and preparation for the future, timely care, hence prudent or wise arrangement, management, government, or guidance. Thomas Watson said, God's decree orders things that shall fall out. God's providence orders them. You see the difference there? God decrees, but then providence is what causes things to happen. Colossians 1.17, speaking of Christ, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In the providence of God, this world does not come apart. God continues to hold all things together. Think of the, the character of God that's seen in that. His infinite care, the wisdom that is in His creation, and His love for His creation—to not just set it in motion and leave it, but to be intricately involved in still holding all things together—much like the Apostle Paul writes in Colossians one seventeen. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews one three, speaking of Christ that God had spoke through the four, through the prophets of old, but now He speaks through His Son. It says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and what does Christ do? And upholding all things by the word of his power. Dear eyes, if it were not for that, life would not exist. That God is the creator and the sustainer of life. And in his sustaining power, he works his providence. And sometimes we get to see his providence at work, and at times we don't. I think there's something in our nature we want to know the future. But I believe as we get older and we look back, we thank God that he doesn't tell us all of our future. For it's the difficult things or maybe certain things in our life that we would have tried to change God's plan. Like we were seeing on Sunday, the temptation of Christ being uh, come, the, the Pharisees had come to him and said, Herod wants to kill you. Don't go to Jerusalem. And Jesus was faced with that temptation. Am I going to continue to follow my father's will? Because he knew the future. We don't. But thankful for God's providence that he is not just absent that he started things but he is intricately involved but his providence is over all things as the the paragraph stated much of kind of the foundations that we've come over the last four chapters in the confession and really we could go back over them but i'm I'm, i'd like to kind of focus in one area this evening but we see that god does these things because he is the good creator He is the good creator of all things, and in his infinite power and wisdom. His providence works in good ways, in infinite ways, for his wisdom is greater than ours. Times when we would like to play God, and yet we see that his ways are better than our ways. But he does it by his most high, wise, and holy providence, from the greatest to the least, his providence, we'll see, is over all things. And it's for his glory is the purpose of which he works all things. But at the end of the paragraph, we see that his counsel is immutable, unchangeable. Why is his counsel unchangeable? Because he himself is unchangeable. Why is his counsel, why is his providence Wise, because he is. Why is it powerful? Because he is. It is intricately linked to who he is. His providence is over all things. Look again on your page paragraph two or on the screen. Although, in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, the first cause, all things that come to all things come to pass immutably and infallibly so that there is not anything that befalls any by chance or without his providence. Yet by the same providence, he ordered them to fall out according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. We see some big words that we've kind of been working through. His immutability that he doesn't change, infallibility that he is perfect. That God is the first cause. We're going to look more at this next week. The first cause and the second cause. How is God not the author of sin? We'll be looking back again at the the decree of God. But all things happen. John Calvin said at the outset then, let my readers grasp that providence means not that by which God idly observes from heaven and takes place on earth, but that by which as a keeper of the keys he governs all events. I want us to take just a quick look and to see where God's providence works and to see scripturally where God is involved. Proverbs 16.4 says, The Lord has made everything for His purpose. It all works according to the counsel of His will for His purpose. But first of all, we see it over the physical world in general. Job 37.6-13. Look at just these general things in creation. For he says to the snow, fall on the earth. Likewise to the gentle rain and the heavy rain of his strength. He seals the hand of every man. That all men may know his work. The beasts go into dens and remain in their lairs. From the chamber of the south comes the whirlwind. And cold from the scathing winds of the north. By the breath of God ice is given and the broad waters are frozen. Also with moisture he saturates the thick clouds. He scatters his bright clouds and they swirl about being turned by His guidance, that they may do whatever He commands them on the face of the whole earth. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for His land or for mercy. Even just in that those short verses, we see God involved in His providence and working in so many areas, in the weather, in the animals, in general creation. But he doesn't just work in the big-scale things. He works in the small things, in the individual events. Psalm 147, 15, and 18 say, He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like the ashes. He casts out hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and waters to flow. We also see God's providence over seemingly accidental events. Notice paragraph two says that nothing happens by chance. We, we may think from our world's perspective that things happen by chance. We run into somebody and said, oh, how in the world did this happen? Well, we don't have to say that. It's because of the providence of God, from the big and the little things, the seemingly accidental, Proverbs 16, 33, even the lot that is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Micaiah warned King Ahab, and Ahab was going out to battle, and Micaiah, the, the prophet, said, don't go out, or when you go out to battle, you will die. And King Ahab was kind of hiding, and First uh, Kings 22, 34 says, Now a certain man... I like how it just says, a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. It, 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 it's even written in such a way that, oh, by happen chance this happened, but it's not really happen chance. I think it's the ESV that says that the arrow went in the air and came just down in. Speaking of that, it just shows the providence of God in that, that God had ordered it. That nothing is accidental. And God is over the mighty things. Psalm 104, 21 to 27 says, The young lions roar after their prey. And they seek their food from where? From God. The lion is not the king of the jungle. God is the king of the jungle. and If we want to really look at the hierarchy. But that God even gives the lions their food. They lie down in their dens. Man goes out to work and to his labor until evening. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works and wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. It speaks of the Leviathan which you have made to play there in verse 26 and 27. God is over the mighty things that He has placed. He's over the general steps of man. In verse, Proverbs 20, 24, a man's steps are of the Lord How can then a man understand his own way? His providence goes over the kings, Daniel 2.21, and he changes the times and seasons. He, being God, removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Job 12.23 speaks of God as well, saying, He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and guides them. While back we were in Luke and we were seeing that God cares even for the sparrow. That not even if sparrow falls to the ground without really the providence of God working in that. God works as in the circumstances of individuals. First Samuel two says, The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down the grave and brings it up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. In James 4, we see, don't go to say you're going to do this and do this and do this and do this, but say, if the Lord wills. If it is the providence of God that this is to happen, is to be our attitude over all things and recognizing from the big to the little. God is also over the free actions of men. We'll see how this again works together better next week, but Exodus twelve thirty six, And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them whatever they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. God gave the children of Israel favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. But God is also over the sinful actions of men. Exodus 9.12. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. There's nothing. When we, if you want to draw categories. You have what's under God's providence. And what's outside of God's providence. There is nothing out there. Everything falls under the providence of God. We see Acts four twenty seven and twenty eight. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to to do whatever they wanted to. No, oh, look at the verse. Whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. It was the providence of God. The decree of God set it in place, said it would happen, and the providence of God is what brings it about. Recognizing in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10 say, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my affirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How is he able to say that? Because it is the wisdom and power through the providence of God that allows him to be strong. So when we look around our life and we examine God's providence is everywhere, we we may say, well, Look at what I've done. Look at what I've built. The means by which God works is often through us, but it is his hand ultimately that accomplishes all his holy will. God's providence is consistent with his character. We see paragraph three. God in his ordinary providence makes use of means, yet is free to work without excuse me, work without, above, and against them at his pleasure. A. A. Hodge said, his providential control is in all respects the consistent execution of his eternal, immutable, and sovereign purpose. God works, and he works in ways that are consistent and not he cannot work outside of himself. But as he works, there's two ways that he works. And I, I remember... December 4th, excuse me, December 5th, we were driving home after receiving Brennan's diagnosis with leukemia, and I called a friend, a pastor friend up in Washington, and uh, his daughter had been through leukemia. And he said, Chris, the Lord works in two ways He works through miracles or means. He works through miracles or means. He can either take Brennan's leukemia away in a miracle or the means by which he will remove that is through medicine. But the medicine itself does not have the strength if it's not the providence of God. And that's how it works in all of our lives, that it's either miracles or means. But miracles are that which happen outside of natural laws. I think often we can throw the title miracle at things which are not miracles. They are the providence of God working. I remember hearing a a message a while back um, by Phil Johnson at uh, the Strange Fire Conference at John MacArthur's church. And he spoke on the providence of God. And it was so helpful because he kept drilling down just let us be careful to point out the providence of God. It's not downplaying and taking anything away from God. It's recognizing a lot of the things that happen. It's not a miracle that somebody gets healed of certain things. Because often there is an understanding of how it happens. But God still was the one who did it through the means. God doesn't lose the glory just because we say it wasn't a miracle. Because we need to recognize that it's God's providence. So he can work through miracles And he can work through means. But always is in accordance with his character. But lastly, God's providence should be a great comfort to a believer. God's providence should be a great comfort to every believer. Because when we recognize the providence of God is over the big things and the little things, the what's seeming inconsequential to the big, valuable things in our life, we recognize that nothing happens apart from the sovereign providence of God. That we don't ever have to wonder, is God really in control of A, B, or C? There's some here who have been through some difficult times this past year. And to ask ourselves, is God really in control? We have to really go back to scripture and to preach to ourselves the truth to say, even through A, B, or C in my life, God is in control. And we may not see exactly how he's ordering things in his providence, but we can trust his hands. I jotted down in my notes, worry is us questioning and forgetting the character of God. Forgetting. Now, sometimes we can take that God works all things together for good out of context, that that it means my happiness and my joy and fulfillment in my life and my physical pleasures. No. Even Paul, we saw just shortly, that when we are weak, he is strong. But it is for my good in the end that it strips away who I am and causes us to trust in the amazing God. We have to remove our false views of God and replace them with the accurate biblical picture of God. That from the big things to the little things, he is in control. Even when maybe our heart is wanting to lie to us and to say, no, God's not. He is, and we can trust him, that he is in control. I was thinking even as we turn our focus to prayer. The Lord's Prayer begins, Our Father in Heaven. That alone reminds us of God's infinite wisdom and power. We're not praying to an earthly father. We're not praying to someone who does not have the ability. But we are praying to our Father who is in Heaven. Our Father who knows all things and doesn't just know things and trying to work behind the scenes, but He's ahead of it ordaining things and that we can go to him with faith to pray that whatever god has laid upon our hearts to pray that we can pray in faith knowing that he is the god who is able to above to do above and beyond all that we can ask think or imagine what an amazing hope that is and a confidence builder as we approach the throne of grace with what see verse confidence to find help in time of need. In what ways are we maybe forgetting God's providence and working in all areas? What is it in your life that maybe is a, a, an area of a lack of faith? But as we're reminding, reminded from the pages of scripture, from the little to the big, to, from kings to weather to animals God's providence is over it all. That we can trust him and we can go to him in faith and in prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this truth. Lord, as we turn our minds towards prayer, Father, I pray that you would strengthen our faith. Lord, for those who who are feeling beaten down, who the enemy has been attacking and discouraging. Lord, cause their faith to, to rise because of their eyes being fixed upon you. Cause the truth of your word to be upon our minds and your character, that you are the all-wise, all-knowing, all-able God to accomplish your perfect will. Lord, give us faith to, to trust whatever that is, Lord, in the end, may you be glorified, for that is the end of which all things exist. We ask in Christ's name. Amen.